0: Welcome to the wrestle down, Brought to you by Springs in a Can. (laughs) You don't want it to be snakes? Make sure it's Springs. That tangy Uh. metal flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. This is uh I'm Jer Pilopel, Twitter.com swing dingling. I'm joined by
1: Dennis Bruno at Sensei Denny B
0: on the Twittergrams. And our mascot, uh, Keaton the Kitten Man. Yeah. Right there. He's sitting here, he's getting his head (laughs) pet. Um There he is. Good little man. He likes to hang out with us while we do the podcast. Uh, So, yeah, it's been a crazy week in wrestling. Yes. I mean, we had, uh, since the last time we recorded, AEW did their first official show, Mm -hmm. the Double or Nothing. And then as if things couldn't, they already had a wave of positive press. And then they had uh, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, showing up on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast to talk about why he hates his job. Yeah. so yeah, uh, it's been a crazy week. I uh, wanted let's start with like double or nothing impressions.
1: Yes, um, biggest impression is it's so refreshing and lovely to know that any company in North America, specifically uh, the United States, cares enough about tag team and multi-man matches mm. to make them relevant to that psychology, that they gave them enough time from the opener all the way to the semi-main, which was the Lucha Brothers against Young Bucks. Yep. And it was really good.
0: Yep, they did a great job. And then, yeah, you're right, the tag teams were really, I mean, what was it, like four out of the seven matches on the card-ish were like tag yeah. team matches of some kind?
1: Um, I mean, you had said it, and it's been said kind of online since, of just like it's an incredibly wise move to introduce fans who aren't necessarily – familiar with joshi wrestling mm-hmm. to do a multi-person joshi match yeah uh which you had said it other people have said it like if they use them like cruiserweights in wcw mm. back in like wcw's monday Night war era mm. it's a brilliant use of those women
0: yeah it's definitely a great uh change of pace from yeah. what the, else they were doing uh it's even different compared to the women's match that was also on there which is right. amazing uh yeah they did a great job it's very fast-paced mm-hmm. even with like Aja kong who's not a fast-paced wrestler at all she's nope. just a She's a bruiser.
1: She knows how to bring cans to rings, though. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, She's great. I can't believe she's been wrestling since, like, the 80s or so, and it's crazy that she's still able to go.
1: It's always heartening when, especially American promotions, bring in legends from other countries, and instead of relying on tired tropes like, oh, the foreign invader or the foreign menace or, in Aja Kong's case, of just, like, an older wrestler who might have been known for, like, a different style um, just did very simple, very physical moves, looked like a terrorizing presence. They yep. treated her as such. Yeah. And it added a lot to a match that was very, at times, high-paced and high-flying, but didn't make her try to do things that made her look silly.
0: No. Yeah. Didn't look silly at all. Uh, despite some silly gimmicks, that's yeah. always that's the fun part of wrestling, man.
1: The counterbalance of like she was tag teaming with somebody cosplaying as Freddie Mercury yep. and a genie, if a genie were a wrestler. Yes. I loved both of her partners.
0: Yeah, yeah, Emmy's great. She's a lot. She's in Eve uh, a lot, or was. Yeah, um, up until AEW signed her, I guess.
1: I mean, and that just that tag match was kind of a microcosm for the rest of the card. There mm. was so much variety. Yeah, um, we we together didn't watch the pre-show which right. had a battle royal which determined the future number one contender for AEW's championship but everything else on the main card had something for a, a such a wide swath of wrestling fans
0: right yeah I know the uh yeah let's uh I mean they started out with a tag team match that was um SoCal Uncensored yep. uh, who are stalwarts on the American indie scene Versus some guys from uh, OWE, which, I mean, I've never seen any Chinese wrestling yeah. up until then. So that was really cool.
1: What, and it, like, just that distinction specifically of, like, having never seen OWE, because, like, we're pretty deep wrestling fans in the sense of just, like, this is something we seek out independent of most forms of entertainment. Yeah. That we didn't, we weren't familiar with something before we saw it. Yeah. But got just, like, this great impression from... To, I want to say that they were like Japanese, Japanese, nationally born wrestlers who started a couple, in China yeah. and brought back basically like the best Chinese prospect with them to team. So it was that team of six versus Chris Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, who I think was the standout from the match.
0: Yeah, definitely, they like did a great job, and it was it was a hot opener. Yep, and like that's where immediately you can tell like one of their top uh, stars is like tag team a yep. uh, tag team, so like it helps to have like to know, let them know that they. Will be able to like stretch out and, like you said, give them enough time. Yep. And there were what seven matches in four hours, yeah, which is a pretty good. I mean, there was maybe there's one segment for sure that was not wrestling, yeah, when they unveiled their uh their top title, Yep. Um, but otherwise, yeah, there was they didn't have much bullshit, no, it's just matches. And I mean, for the most part, uh, there weren't like I feel like you'd have to be like our level of fandom. To, like, be familiar with the majority of people on the card.
1: Right. And so, I mean, that part's refreshing of just the two of us being, like, pleasantly surprised over and over again Mm -hmm. by people we didn't know everything about. Yeah. Because, like, I think that SCU is super entertaining. I used to watch Being the Elite more, but Mm -hmm. I kind of fell off of it a few months ago for no particular reason, but, like... This is the worst town I've ever been in is yeah. a super fun catchphrase. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful thing in wrestling where this, the heels are so good at repeating the same thing that they become faces. Yeah. So them just opening with insulting Las Vegas because they can. Crowds loved it. Like, yeah, we suck. Yep. Like, that's what's fun about most heels that are so charismatic. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me more things about why I'm <laughs> shitty.
0: Yeah, I know. They, great job. Um, There's some great surprises. Yep. Uh, awesome con coming back. Yes. For, like, a limited bit of uh, physicality, but very welcome.
1: Yep. I mean, she she added uh, another big physical presence to that match because it was her, Nyla Rose, mm-hmm. Britt Baker, Smiley Kylie. Yep. And so her and Nyla could hoss it up, and Right. they did. Yep. And then the bulk of, like, the working quick style matchup physicality was Britt, ba- was Britt Baker, the only person who signed full-time there, Yep. and Smiley Kylie, who's awesome.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job. I think that was, like... Um, it was a little unfocused, a little yeah. weird, because like they, the match was focused around keeping Awesome Kong and Nyla Rose outside of the ring, yep. and then uh, in the end they kind of didn't play that big a role until the finish, so it was yep. kind of a weird story to tell. But a good showcase for like three different styles will be around regularly, yep. and I don't know what the deal was with Awesome Kong, but you know.
1: I mean, it, it's, a, it's something that WWE kind of toe-dipped with glow, because mm-hmm. Awesome Kong is a uh, well, welfare queen. Yes. So there's been two seasons of Glow. It's received very well. Mm-hmm. It should continue on Netflix because it's doing great. So WWE had every opportunity and most indie companies to just bring in Awesome Kong or any members of the cast to cross promote. Right. But AEW is the first one that really did it, I would say, the best.
0: Yeah. I mean, and they didn't lean on her as a Glow. No. Yeah, they like, went back to her, like, uh, awesome what, her lega- what her legacy is. Yep. Yeah. Which is great. Yep. Uh, it's a great like, nod to the past, as well as getting Bret Hart in for their, uh, to unveil their title, because yeah. it's like, who better to be on the fuck you Vince McMahon show yep. than Bret Hart?
1: Holding a beautiful title. Yeah. Like the, the, a lot's been said about how nice this thing looked, but that was one of the prestige elements of NWA and WCW wrestling was Big Goldie. Mm-hmm. Like when Ric Flair held it, he added a lot to the title, but the title added a lot to him. Mm-hmm. So when the Ew ti- first champion gets crowned, they're gonna look huge.
0: Yep. Yeah, it looks it's a great, like very bejeweled, shiny belt, like very little uh little very little space off to see the strap really, yeah. which is like it looks like a million bucks, which yeah. is great. Um it's such bad luck that they did like WTP had just done the twenty four seven belt. Like I know it's meant to be like a yeah. you know, a jobber thing, but it's like night and day oh yeah. Over how uh much and how little uh, they seem to care about yeah. the props.
1: Which, ultimately, just, like, the the coincidental tini- timing of introducing two titles to, like, mainstream pro wrestling is that, like, yeah. the fans can see a clear difference between the presentation of these two companies. One is, forgive the terminology, all in, in terms of making itself different in yeah. an alternative, which is smart. They're billing themselves as an alternative rather than competition to right. WWE. Yep. So that people don't feel like, oh, they're competing head-to-head, which of course they are for like attention and money and so on, but they aren't necessarily positioning themselves to be better. They're just positioning themselves to be different, yep. which is better.
0: Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, and I, I'm really a big fan of like bringing in international talents like and, and keeping them... Uh, the same, letting them do whatever it is that they made them famous in the first place. Yep. And I, I get why WWE, like, will bring in, like, Shinsuke Nakamura and tone him down a little bit. Because right. they want uh, everyone to be communicating on the same level, um, like, in terms of playing out a match. But, like, there is something to be said about just letting the Lucha Brothers and uh, the Young Bucks, like, basically throw whatever crazy shit they could come up with at us for 25 minutes or so.
1: yeah. I mean, there are are very safe ways to do incredibly dangerous moves, and never is that more fun to watch than with a a team of four professionals, which is Mm. the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. Seeing a Canadian Destroyer done on the edge (laughs) of the ramp on the outside, like, they had no safety net. Yep. The only way that could have been done safely is if Pentagon nailed every bit of what he needed to do with Mm. Matt Jackson. They had to trust each other. They had to work it out, and they fucking nailed it.
0: Yep. Yeah, it was... It was a big, dumb match yeah. that I loved so much. Yep. It was just so fun to watch people just bounce around all the time.
1: But with some psychology, because some, like, yeah. some of the knocks on SpotFest matches, is like, oh, they're not selling anything. Matt, like, it led to the finish being kind of in question of, like, Matt Jackson's arm got worked a bunch. It got True. broken by Pentagon with yeah. his elbow pop thing. But, like, it factored into, were they going to hit the melted Driver or not? Mm-hmm. And, like, can he hold Phoenix up? And it, whenever... It did add, yeah. It did. And like whenever the finish isn't a foregone conclusion, you can't just call it ahead of time. That's exciting for me as a fan.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah. It definitely... Uh, I mean, it was definitely a highlight, definitely one of the best matches on the card. Yep. Um, yeah. What would you think about Jericho uh, Omega 2?
1: I think that the match is... I've had some time to, th- to think about it, because I thought in the moment they could have done more. Mm. But for a first show, for a first main event... In, in part, you had said it, like, it had been a long show. Mm. And honestly, like, it kicked off on a very funny note where, like, the Cracker Barrel Cracker <laughs> yes. Barrel um, wouldn't, couldn't get out of the ring. That wouldn't happen with springs in a can, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Never. You
0: would open it, and the, the, the can would get out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the can would leave with dignity. But indignantly, the fucking barrel would not. The ref couldn't lift it and couldn't think to get it, be- yeah. get it between the ropes. Yeah. So Jericho had to lift it out. And, like, seeing Chris Jericho, master of professional wrestling of 30-some-odd years, get pissed about yeah. a barrel is so fun. Yeah,
0: he definitely, I mean, in the moment, he stayed in character. He got it through the ropes the way it probably was brought in in the first place. Right. So good. So good. But, um, like, I, it was, so go ahead. I was going to say, I think it was, I thought I thought it was a better match than the first one in, yeah. in some ways. At least because, like... I've loved uh Chris Jericho's New Japan run, mm-hmm. but a lot of the matches kind of feel the same where he attacks someone before the bell rings and then they brawl outside for 15 minutes while he like breaks their necks on tables and shit and yep. then the match becomes like can Naito uh, come back from this beating? But it was like really cool to see Jericho do like a straight up uh, you know, 20 30 minute wrestling match yep. where it was just I mean there was a table involved, but it was very much like by the by the numbers,
1: Omega basically put himself through is the thing. Yeah. Like, it, ECW and other like smaller companies are the most talented when they maximize like the strengths of their talent and hide the weaknesses. So, not calling any of Chris Jericho's just persona or his age a weakness, but like mm. if he's older, he shouldn't be going through tables. Yeah. So Kenny Omega jumped through a table. Yep. And it factored into the match. Kenny Omega works a fast athletic style. Jericho works a slow-paced, psychologically tormenting style.
0: You would never have thought to say that about one of, any of the cruiser rates from WCW, yep. but here we are.
1: I, well, I Just mean...
0: Keep, keep, he's working smart. I'm not, like, knocking it.
1: Yeah. I mean, his, his program with Malenko, his legendary feud, mm-hmm. was about how much could he get under the skin of Malenko to get to Malenko, like, giving up the title or quitting or mm-hmm. everything else. So... Like, the two of them together, I think the Judas effect needs time to grow for me. Yeah. Um, it's
0: very lightning fist. Yeah. And, like, the way that it's just, like, it, it's piped up as, like, this hit Jericho's big new finisher, which is, like, a spinning elbow thing, which I, it looks like every other spinning elbow he hit during the match. Right. This one just happened to knock Kenny Omega out and yeah. get the win.
1: In terms of continuity, I appreciate them not having an Angel's Wing, um pop out because no one kicks out from the Angel's Wings, except Kota Yep. so the fact that there's that long-running Kenny Omega one-hit KO move that just didn't happen, so you don't have to say, like, oh, that was BS, it leaves more for them to fight again. Definitely. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and it's smart to keep Kenny out of the title picture for now. Yeah. We'll see what they do with uh, him, probably a few with Moxley to start, but uh, when they get on TV, but...
1: Yeah, and Moxley, his surprise debut, like... Again surprises when they feel organic are great Jim yeah. Ross didn't know moxley was going to be there yeah so like you your audio of Jim Ross that anybody can hear is just like him genuinely like what the hell <laughs> is just like yeah no this is real this is happening mm-hmm. he's surprising everyone and he made a fucking huge impact yeah it led to even more like excitement around anything he's gonna do which includes fighting juice Robinson soon in New Japan yep and popping up on Chris Jericho's podcast to be like yep Every shitty thing that you ever saw with my character, tried to make it better, guys. Yeah, did the best I could. Yeah,
0: that was an interesting interview. Um, we'll get to it in a bit, I think. But yeah. like, um, oh, what was I gonna say? Um, oh fuck. Uh, oh, uh, obviously, a lot of people's favorite match was uh, Cody Rhodes versus, or Cody versus uh, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, uh, the two sons of Dustin Dusty. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? Because I know you're you're queasy about blood.
1: I'm definitely queasy about blood. I have a platelet disorder, which means that my blood clots really, really slow. Mm -hmm. I have been doing martial arts for over 20 years, so I have to be very careful with anything I do. Yeah. So to see other people be able to do that, I instantly project and think, please don't bleed so much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But if... In the same vein as Jericho, Mm -hmm. if, like, Dustin Rhodes can't work a faster pace, then they did exactly what they needed to do. He bled early, he bled a lot, and when it was important for him to hit his big signature moves, he did.
0: Yeah, it was very much about the drama and the story, and uh, the story would not have been told as well if Dusty, or Dustin, hadn't uh, fucking bled most of his blood out. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: With, I mean... This had been said after the fact, and I didn't. I wish I had thought of it when we were watching it. It was yeah. just like, the blood mixing with his red paint yep. made it question of just like, how much of this is his blood? How much of this is his character? Yeah. Like, that brilliant type of metaphorical storytelling is exactly what you should expect from the roads, and it's mm-hmm. what you got.
0: Yep, yeah. Um. And obviously, a lot of it was his blood, because you could <laughs> really you could really watch that just spurt out like a, like a fountain. Streams of it. it it's was, the most, I've seen in, uh, most blood I've seen in a match since uh, probably the third season of uh lucha underground yeah and that's i mean we'll see if i if i ever finish season four but uh yeah but season three i mean the the uh hell of war match was probably the last time i saw something that brutal
1: amazing and i think that the i have three distinct parts of it that i i want to touch on one is Mm -hmm. like before the match cody hitting the throne with a hammer Mm Mm-hmm Fun fan service for just, like, all the fans are like, yeah, Triple H is dumb. Yes. Beat up his chair.
0: <laughs> yeah, he came up to, uh, he, hit, he used a sledgehammer, which is Triple H's weapon, against uh, a throne, which is something Triple H rides yep. out on during Wrestlemania sometimes. Yep.
1: So, like, that was fun, and just kind of a fun nod of just, like, yeah, we don't like the other people, which mm-hmm. is, like, fans always like gossip. Yeah. Um, the match itself, I think, I I really want to invest more in cody's like move set yeah and everything I, I he works for me as a character more right but also it was wiser to have a slower pace match with more of the moves timed a certain way with more time for them to breathe in between like the figure four the mm. disaster kick the crossroads the final cut everything was done with emphasis and impact
0: yeah and i think like if you watch both uh dustin and cody like they both definitely are the sons of a guy who was a wrestler in the 80s. Yeah. In the sense that they just, they don't do a ton of moves. Nope. They do a lot of character stuff, and, um but they do everything timed well, tells a great story. Yep. Uh, real highlight of the night. Which? Which I would not have thought about a 2019 Goldust um, match. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, Goldust, I would not have thought Goldust would have a best match on the card yeah. contender in 2019, and I never would have thought that for Cody of, like, most years.
1: Yep. And honestly, all of it paid off for me of the post-match of mm. Cody grabbing the microphone, calling back to Dusty and Dustin's iconic I-need-a-partner-baby promo yeah. Yeah. from WCW of mm. just like, I don't need you to go away. I have a tag-team match next AEW show. I need, in his voice cracked my older brother. And I'm just like, yep, yay, that's wrestling. Yeah,
0: it was good acting. Yep. And now they're a tag-team, yep. which uh, should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm... Do you think it was worth the
1: $50? Uh, I'm glad we split it. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it $50 is a big price tag. I mean, at this point, we're conditioned after five years to spend 10 bucks for the network. Yeah. So, to dole out 50 bucks every month, no. Right. But if they space them out, which it seems like they're going to every two or three months, then, yeah. yeah, I'll come around to it, but I would also like to split it.
0: Yes, I would. Hope. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to, we'll figure out how to split it next time, because I think they are doing one a month yep. until, like the end of summer when they get on TV, presumably. Yep. So we'll see how that works out. I don't know. It probably depends on the card a little bit right. if I like, really invest, but I'm looking forward to seeing it on TV. Yep. Um, I It occurs to me now that I don't actually have a cable subscription, <laughs> so I won't actually be able to watch it right. on TV uh, unless hopefully Hulu or something fills in the gap for me. Yeah. It might not because a lot of TNT stuff doesn't show up on there. Yeah, but.
1: I mean, I, I want to say that TNT is one of the ne- those networks that's connected to, like, Apple TV. Yeah. So there, there's going to be ways to yeah.
0: watch it. Or I'll subscribe to – I'll eat my pride and subscribe to Google mm. or YouTube TV again or whatever. Yep. But I don't know. Maybe we can split that. That yeah. twenty That's 50 bucks a month.
1: I mean, I think it's compelling enough content to pay for it versus like having to put up with what feels like a slog of 12 to 13 shit hours of WWE syndicated program to get one hour of NXT.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like
1: if I, yeah, it's just, there's less clutter. It's, it's a roster full of people. I was talking with somebody today that just on the pre-show, like not just John Moxley, but Sean Spears was in the Battle Royal of yep. just like a guy who got a, bought a ton of money offered to him to stick around and do nothing mm-hmm. and said no I want to do more creative things wasn't didn't win it but was there and made a statement of just like my pride and my creative uh, adrenaline is more important to me than just sitting around and collecting a paycheck
0: yeah for sure and I'm glad that he's going to be bouncing around the indies and probably on AEW regularly yep. uh so yeah so after the, I mean this was this show was very well received overall Everyone, uh, it was mostly stellar reviews across the board. I think the one thing that uh, hasn't been said that I didn't like was the, um, the Super Smash Brothers yeah. showing up after um, the Best Friends Helico jack Evans match.
1: It's one of those moments that feels like it was booked on an EFED yeah. where someone was just like, what if we took the coolest Best Friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent, had them wrestle this awesome match against Angelico and Jack Evans who you only see in Mexico,
0: and yeah. the Super Smash Brothers show up with buddies. Yeah. yeah, and Super Smash Brothers are a tag team, not a uh, not the video game. <laughs> um, they didn't
1: just bust out switches.
0: They didn't just come into the ring like springs in a can. They just... <laughs> um, they came out after the, a very good match, and they beat up everybody, and they established themselves as very fearsome. But I... Um, was not familiar with them. You were vaguely familiar.
1: I, I read on the tights of Player Uno Uno. Yeah. I was like, yep, that's who they are. Ah, uh, okay, and yeah. And the visual was very cool. of All of their like henchmen-looking dudes mm-hmm. wearing lucha masks and being indistinct, making a human throne yes. for Player Uno to sit on. That was cool. Right. But the, the live crowd didn't know who they were.
0: Yeah, it was weird because, like, um, I think part of the problem was, I mean, obviously their name is a copyrighted thing that they're not going to be able to use on TV, so I think the announcers didn't have uh, they like wanted to do the surprise they wanted to be like here's the kind of thing that might show up on tv you know when we have a tv show uh but I don't think they thought it through enough to come up with a good name for them that would no. replace Super Smash Brothers. So the yep. announcers were like, "Who are these guys? Ooh, these guys, these guys—they're really—they're—they're they're fighting. They're fighting the guys that we know, but we don't know who they are."
1: Uno and dos—is that some kind of cryptic language?
0: <laughs> yeah, they didn't have yeah, any way to really call it with any specificity, which yeah. kind of hurt the moment. But I mean, I'm looking forward to um, like as like you got like. We both said tag teams. Yeah. Getting, like, some shine.
1: Yep. Yeah, because the opening six, man, we, we already talked about it. And in the middle of it, I tapped you and and said, this is getting too much time. And you're like, no, 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 just be patient. Yeah. And you were right. Because yeah. after that, it set, like, the pacing for the Joshi six-person match to happen. It set the Young Bucks Lucha mm-hmm. match up to succeed. Like, the the best friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans. It needed to set that. Yeah. That expectation.
0: I think we're used to, like, WWE... Um putting out their matches in the order of, like, the first match gets, like, 10 minutes. Yep. And then, like, some other match later in the card will get five minutes, and then in between there will be something like 15-ish, 15, 20-minute matches, and the main event's, like, 40 minutes or something. Yep. But But uh, this time I felt like everything was pretty evenly paced, even, you know, including uh, any setup things they had to do, like when they introduced Awesome Kong. Um, any non-wrestling was kept to a minimum. So it was just a very good event overall. Delivery yeah. with, like, uh hardcore wrestling fans like us. It's just catnip. Yeah. It's catnip for us.
1: Catnip for us, Keaton the Kitten Man, and our sponsor, Springs in a Can.
0: They don't put catnip in the springs. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we asked. They'll figure it out. <laughs> they will, it will offset the confetti. It's weird. It's uh, There's a science find it
1: it's a celebration in a can (laughs) um
0: yeah so like i mean they they finished the show and they had all these good reviews and then like a fucking bombshell dropped (laughs) wednesday uh with chris jericho's podcast uh he interviewed john moxley yep formerly dean ambrose yes and uh i don't i don't we've we spent like half an episode on like uh, wd's creative foibles at some point but like was there anything uh, that surprised you in the um interview
1: it's it, it's less so that it was surprising as much as it's just gratifying to hear after feeling like for us longtime wrestling fans, your intelligence gets insulted yeah. when you have to watch somebody like Dean Ambrose advertise as the lunatic, which literally means he's so crazy he can't control his own actions because of his mental illness, do prop comedy, <laughs> attack mannequins, shoot people with ketchup and mustard. Yeah. And, like, all of it of just, like, guys, I did the best I could.
0: Yeah. Uh, For those who didn't listen, he went on there, and he – it's a really good listen. He went on there and uh, talked about – basically, he, like, lined up a day in WWE's creative process, like, getting to the arena before Monday Night Raw at, like, noon for a 8 p.m. show and just running around just an exhausting, like, travelogue of just trying to get – these scripts to not embarrass him, yeah, and it just sounds like though, it sounds so terrible, right? Like
1: it's it sounded soul crushing, and for a guy like Dean Ambrose who became noticed and marketable for death, like sort of death matches, but like being this edgy character, John Moxley, before he ever got to the WWE of like cutting these heart wrenching promos about how. His younger sister got ripped away from him because he wasn't gonna be like considered a mentally competent enough guardian for her legally because his parents were out of the picture like yeah brilliant soul-crushing stuff and then they for years had him in the shield as Dean Ambrose who didn't say a ton but moved really wonky. Mm-hmm. so like that was what differentiated him in part from Roman reigns and Seth Rollins. and then when they broke him up, he said it he was just like they didn't have any expectations for me right and then got over through attrition and just through doing the best job he could have. Got shunted into stuff with James Ellsworth, where, like, he was the third most interesting guy in a feud with James Ellsworth, AJ Styles in himself.
0: Yeah, man, he was the champion at that he point. He was the champion!
1: Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's gratifying to just, like, I didn't just imagine that you were poorly <laughs> used, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: it is, yeah, gratifying is the way to, work because I think, if you watch, you <laughs> he's wrestling uh, every week, after, like, three, you're like, was this written? Right. Or was this, like... To, like Just somebody would be like, let's do an improv show with right. no improv training. Ex- everything oh. just feels like by the seat of the pants. And it makes so much sense that, like, he would... I mean, part of the... the One of the quotes that, like, stuck with me was that um, when he was trying to get, like, uh, not have some joke about a pooper scooper yep. in, his, um, in his promo, he was, like, shopping around to different writers. And he was like, and we got to make sure that... Uh, the line doesn't get in front of Vince because you got to be careful about nouns because Vince will turn a noun into a prop. And I was like, well, I've, you know, I've had bad days. Uh, <laughs> but I have never had a day where I've, like, thought about my boss and thought, i got to be careful about using nouns around him <laughs> or he's going to do something to embarrass me.
1: Like, imagine if anybody you ever had to say yes or no sir to had the ability almost like a genie to make the, like, the imagination around you tangible. Yeah. And you had to, like, not piss off that spirit so that they didn't just have, like, weird, random physical metaphors all around you. Yeah. Because, like, he nails it, and, like, I did improv for seven years, Mm. and, like, it's the same thing as in writing, as in so many forms of entertainment media. Show don't tell. Yep. If you want to show somebody is dangerous enough as a sledgehammer, have them beat somebody up. Yeah. Don't give them a mannequin and a screwdriver. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that one, but we did bring that one up. Um. Yeah. It's just amazing how like over time, like he had a one line about uh, not wanting to smell the fans, because yep. they're stinky, which is a thing I use as in a term of endearment to Keaton, <laughs> but you know. Keaton, you're not actually stinky buddy. Oh, he came back in the room. Yeah, you're not a stinky buddy. Yay. You're just a buddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You make your stinkies, but you leave them in the box where they should be. Okay. Uh-huh. This is a Vince McMahon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you leave them in the box where they <laughs> should be. <laughs> um, <laughs> he had one line about like, the fans being smelly or something like that. Yeah. And that somehow became like him wearing a gas mask of the ring one week, yeah. and which eventually led to him cutting a promo... While getting vaccinations with a
1: giant, oversized syringe.
0: Yep, from like a, a guy hired as a doctor, oh. which was a terrible. In that, like, really, I mean, he puts it out the podcast as like the one of the days where he knew that he was done. Yeah, and I don't blame him.
1: Yeah, I mean, to have your integrity insulted to that point, he he frames it beautifully of just like if you want an, a good actor to deliver written lines, hire an actor. Yeah, if you want a good pro wrestler to cut promos to sell a match hire a pro wrestler. Yep. Stop trying to do both poorly.
0: Right. I know. It's too uh, I it, it's it's a fun listen. Well, not fun. I mean, it's like my I was like getting stressed out just listening to it. Yeah. But like it's a good uh behind the scenes thing. It confirms a lot of things that we thought about. I mean, there's you watch any given raw on a Monday, you're like this at least half of this was written on the fly right um
1: and no matter what like you're listening to two pro wrestlers talk about revisionist history so there's going to be inherent bias there's going to be things that are exaggerated hyperbolic one thing that really helped me in terms of like buying a lot of it as authentic is that uh john moxley's married to renee young yep she's in the podcast for five seconds mm. she walks by chris Jericho says hi renee yeah and that's, to me, it's just, like, they're not trying to sell it as just, like, this F you to the WWE. Renee Young's yeah. not hopping in to say, yeah, they did do that. He did get treated poorly. Blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like, no, this sucked.
0: Yep. Yeah. They spoke very highly of the company, like, to start. And then it was just, like, I mean, it's the creative that lets down some good people. Yep. Basically. Um,
1: and it's, it, it's telling of just, like... They will, and it's been proved positive on screen and off, that they will hire incredibly talented people so other companies can't have them. Yep. They had no plan for Dean Ambrose when The Shield broke up. Through hard work and just saying yes to enough stuff that he could make work, he got himself over. Yep. And, like he says it in the podcast, of like he got treated more seriously when he started making money. It's so insane that... It's this catch-22 of not only do you have to be popular enough, mm-hmm. you have to be marketable enough to sell tangible bullshit. Yeah. Like, Rusev Day made the mistake of not being able to sell enough T-shirts and calendars. That didn't, it got squashed.
0: Didn't they sell it? They were, like, one of the top uh, merch movers for when that that was at its peak.
1: And then they killed it because yeah. they didn't want him. Yeah. And like, with Ambrose, it's the same shit of just, like, they eventually made him so corny and stupid that you didn't want to watch him wrestle. Yeah. So why would you buy his stuff?
0: Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. So it's weird to watch that. I mean, I hope cha- things change, but I don't have much of a hope for that. So I have, as always, I say, fucking go out, watch other wrestling things. Yeah. And enjoy those.
1: I mean, if you need proof positive of how little the WWE, or specifically the audience of one of Vince McMahon, really considers other things competition. Raw and SmackDown were garbage. They were hot garbage this week. It was a yeah. lot of talking, not a lot of matches, a lot of things that didn't make sense, a lot of really th- like frustrating as a fan to watch. Th- like, I don't watch the shows live anymore. I stopped years ago because I can't make the time because too much of it is insulting.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's like uh, Double or Nothing was like 90% wrestling and then yep. Raw found the other 10% uh, that was not wrestling.
1: And blew it out over five yeah, hours. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. It was... Uh, and I mean, I'll give them a little bit of leeway because it was a more Memorial Day weekend. Mm. But, like, it's not a great sign. Uh, maybe they're saving all the good shit for when AEW's on TV. Right? We'll see.
1: Like, it, and yeah, one last thing about the podcast yeah. is like, Jericho gives this tremendous hypothetical of you imagine Vince McMahon is this guy who's been billed for years as a creative genius. Yeah. And Moxley agrees. It was just like, yeah, he comes up with great ideas. What would the company itself be like if he just took a fucking prolonged break? Like, yeah. not forever. But, like, a week, two weeks, maybe a month to just absorb anything that isn't WWE right. and bring it back.
0: Yeah, he made the the good point that, like, rest, Vince McMahon has had wrestling on his mind 24-7 for, like, 30 years. Yeah. And it's like, can you enjoy it from Leo if you're at that? Like, he probably tapped out, like, once WCW got bought out. He was yeah. like, well, now I don't have to beat anything else, really.
1: I mean, and just, like, the simple fact of, like, one of the selling points he had for Dean Ambrose promo for the syringe was just, like, yeah, it's a it's a shot to guard against rabies, but people don't know that it's for dogs. It's like do you really think fans are that stupid?
0: Yeah. I it was something else that wasn't rabies, but yeah, it was like an animal specific thing yeah. that was like and it was weird because he was also trying to sell it to him as not comedy. It's so good. It's also, so well written. But also not but also laughing at his own descriptions of it. Yeah. Very weird. But um Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we're fucking Hyped. Uh, I for yeah, the fall's gonna be good. Yep. And uh I mean New Japan's wrapping up with the best super juniors soon. We'll have their biggest show of the year and the G one in between, so we're gonna have our fucking arms full with other shit. But uh yeah, so with uh the dawn of AEW. Uh you wanna talk about uh for Segment Mania. Segment uh, mania uh periods of change.
1: Brought to you by Metal Springs in a can.
0: Sometimes they're not metal, sometimes they're wood. I don't know how it works you got to buy the cans to find out.
1: <laughs> Surprising a can. Yeah, I mean, we're right... We're, we're what feels like right on the precipice of one. With yeah. AEW having proven twice now, I mean, two shows in, in about a year's time, a little bit more than that, we'll see when the TV deal hits if mm-hmm. they have staying power, but it absolutely feels like this is the right time to do it. Yeah, They have an approach that's so different from the WWE, it seems like there is going to be actual focus on in-ring competition and the wrestling side of it versus the Mickey Mouse McDonald's bullshit that they force on people through commercial breaks, through mm. movie advertisements for everything else. It seems like there's an actual dedication towards treating women fairly, not only in pay but in terms of booking. Yep. Like time will tell in terms of like if that's going to be weighted equally um, transgender wrestlers are not being treated as, like, anything else but people.
0: Yeah, I thought it was very heartening. I don't know if you saw this, but, like, uh, someone who was in the crowd at Double or Nothing was saying that this guy was, like, saying some transphobic shit about Nyla Rose, like, um, during the, during the match, and then he, like, tweeted about it a little bit, and then, uh, one of the Bucks responded and said the guy's banned from shows good which is the right way to go yeah
1: it's good i mean if people want to like play a devil's advocate like oh that's an opportunity to try to educate that guy the company itself has way larger objectives which yeah. is like how do we not only appeal to a ton of fans but keep the ones that are worth keeping yeah that guy in his moment in his life is not ready for this right and that's unfortunate for him
0: yeah the most they can do to educate is just like provide good content yeah that's like open-minded and you know uh, I yeah. Good, you know, good hearted I guess is the best way would it
1: I looked at the promo for the women's match and I saw Nyla Rose and I thought, Cool, she has a different look. And yeah. then someone like I saw an article but like first transgender wrestler ever and I was mm. like Cool as well. Yeah, like, it's it feels weird that that should be a headline, but it also needs to be to emphasize the fact that like this isn't a problem. Yeah. This is just the first time it's being done, but it's not a problem.
0: Yep and I think Sonny Kiss is also signed on to them yeah. so there's like a lot of like uh, LGBT like representation progressive characters yeah. yeah
1: which like y- you can do that you don't have to have like men cross dressing as women to make it seem and in- like treated as a joke of just mm-hmm. like to be transgender is a joke or should be treated less seriously or anybody who just doesn't identify as either end of, like, that gender spectrum, they could be non-binary. Yep. It doesn't matter. Can you wrestle or not? Yes. Like, that's always should yeah. what, what it should come down to.
0: I think it says something that, uh, I think, maybe it was, like, two years ago, I think Stephanie McMahon was like, we're going to be starting to roll out some LGBTQ characters on yep. WD programming. And, I mean, first off, they haven't really. Mm-hmm. But also, like, in the moment, my gut reaction was, no!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't put that snake back in the can. <laughs> <laughs> that, that snake is not metal or wood. It's yeah. just a sad snake. Yeah. Uh, that's why you buy springs in a can. <laughs> springs in a can. <laughs> um, but,
0: yeah, and then, like, me, like uh, AEW signed, like, I think just because, like, the uh, Cody and the and uh, Brandy Rhodes and the Bucks and Kenny Omega all have, like, good track records with being kind of inclusive about fans. Yep. That, like, they can sign Nyla Rose and, like, Sonny Kiss and any else they might have on their roster and I'm already like okay they're probably going to treat them better than they would get treated in like most other companies
1: yeah I mean I have terrible flashbacks to when TNA tried their head to head Monday Night War where they had Orlando Jordan come out and he yeah. poured like either baby oil or suntan lotion on himself but it was made to look like pseudo cum and it was just very mm. much a gay panic thing Yeah, but way more graphic than they're used to doing it When it wasn't even graphic because it's just like oil that he put on himself but, it, but like Fan like companies historically have not treated anybody who isn't just like a straight man or a straight woman very well with, with much respect. Yeah. So it's nice to just see that as sweeping change of just like socially progressive people and identities don't have to be treated as freak shows.
0: Yeah. thing
1: in itself is a sideshow. Right. Why Why discriminate? Mm-hmm. On top of that.
0: Yeah. Totally. Um. Yeah. That's it's smart. I think they're doing a smart job of. Uh, presenting themselves as an, alter- as an alternative in that way, but also, uh, oh, what was I going to say? In the way that, like, I don't know. I think as an overall business, like entertainment is getting more into niches. Yep. And AEW is being smart in appealing to like the hardcore wrestling fan niche, whereas WWE tries to be everything to everyone, and it's a it's a dated uh, way of doing things, really. I think
1: it tries to be everything to everyone, but it still compromises a lot of that promise because as we heard on the podcast, like it caters to an audience of one Vince right. McMahon, an right. out of touch seventy three year old person. Yeah. They're about to do a show in Saudi Arabia that discriminates openly against women. Yep. So a lot of people like us aren't going to fucking watch it because yeah. all of this promise that WWEs made of like progressive women's booking mm-hmm. is not being held.
0: Right. They want uh they want to have their cake and eat it too. They yeah. want to just domestically be able to do like we're doing we're doing
1: good things with women and it's
0: like that's fine, but like the Joshi, you know, people, the Joshi style that uh, AEW signed has been doing the shit that WWEs touting as progressive for decades yeah like, there was a stretch in the 90s where it was bigger than men's wrestling right in Japan but
1: and, and I mean and people in hindsight or aggressively can say like oh it was a different market it was a different time it was a different yeah. uh, country entirely yeah. there's nothing that could have stopped the WWE if they wanted to if mm. they really wanted to get behind it to make a Blaze versus Bull Nakano have lasted six months to mm. a year or beefed up the ro- roster of just like kept Lilani Kai around and other people like you said at that time were hot from Japan mm. like Aja Kong herself but now is a time that they can try to reintroduce that in North America. Yeah. And there's tons of talent all over the place. Um, Rosemary comes to mind. Ally, who was on commentary for AEW, comes to mind. Uh, Smiley Kylie, who I've seen in person and at Beyond and other shows. Yeah. There's such this dearth uh, and this influx. It, not even an influx. It's just this higher emphasis on the indies mm. as, like, a legitimate alternative if they just had... A bigger spotlight yeah. to be noticed and legitimized, right? And like ECW capitalized this on the capitalized on this in the early nineties of just like Paul Heyman in the Rise and Fall of ECW documentary says, like early nineties was hair metal everywhere, mm. and then ECW was punk rock. It was Nirvana. It was in your face. It was mm. grunge, and it became the new standard because yeah. it was so different and better
0: for sure. Um, so yeah, let's talk about other periods of change, like. um... Well, maybe we'll go back chronologically. I think the last major shift was probably the WCW buyout. Yeah. Unless you have a anything else that might.
1: I think it, it feels like a one-man revolution. It goes back to 2011 where... The punk. punk where punk dropped yeah. the pipe bomb. Like That's before true. that, they didn't acknowledge social media. Mm-hmm. They didn't acknowledge Twitter. They had YouTube, but they used it for their purposes. The only person using it was Zack Ryder. Right. Well, like, of note. And apologies to any wrestlers who were also doing it at that time. But as far as the WWE sphere... They were in their own bubble, and I—we've said it before on the show. I was—I was about to quit wrestling, mm. and then because it was r truth versus John Cena with open fucking water bottles as the weapon. Yeah, and then Punk helped make it legitimate again. It brought back Batista, It brought back Lesnar. It brought back so many good elements of wrestling that made us fans in the first place.
0: For sure. When did the WWE network start? Was that like three years ago?
1: Um, five. Five? five? Okay, it's, it's been five was years. Elimination Chamber before WrestleMania Thirty. Yes. Okay. Uh, because like. That would, I have to think that that was
0: also a massive shift. Yep. Like because like before then, to get indie wrestling, you'd have to probably buy like a forty dollar event on like a website where the your internet was you know suspect. Yep. Um. Or like trade for tapes online, or before that even just through the mail if you just know somebody. Yeah. So now like the access being everywhere makes it amazing, which is. Which helps WWE, yeah, because like they can be like Shinsuke Nakamura's coming, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, Shinsuke Nakamura's coming!" And then, but also it's a double edged sword because now you're like, "Oh, they brought Shinsuke Nakamura, but it's not like the one the the way that we like loved him before
1: not the not the true King of Strong Style, one. yeah, the, the the like one who will gesticulate wildly and have a lot of like very distinct mannerisms, but won't hit you very hard, right? um so yeah no that, that's an excellent point of change because they also were getting criticized by even espn who wasn't a fan of them at the time they had just put out their documentary about john cena they edited to make it sound like he admitted he did steroids oh yeah like they were criticizing of just like this model is never going to work you're never going to get enough people to pay and mm-hmm. like this is just going to be a big money loser other companies aren't going to cop this yeah and then it became the standard like we watched new japan through New Japan World. Mm. I don't think that ever would have happened if the network hadn't been successful. For sure, yeah. Like, that pointing the way of uh, online
0: shit yep. like really helped. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, the punk thing really did set everything off because like that yeah. helped like make them kind of acknowledge the world outside a little bit. Yep.
1: Before that, I'd say it was 2005 when Impact got its uh, mm, yeah. uh, like FSN deal. Yeah. Like, Fox Sports 1 before... Um, or Fox Sports whatever it was because at that point it was just running weekly pay-per-views from 2002 to 2005 mm-hmm. and you couldn't really see it you ha- I read like online recaps never really committed to any dirt sheet specifically but I read WrestleZone I read ProWrestling.net yep. and like that's how I knew I read about AJ Styles before I ever saw AJ Styles yeah. so then when I did see him in like 3D living color it's like oh I want to see him fight Christopher Daniels more I want to see more like three-way matches between the two of them and Joe
0: sure yeah um, yeah, I don't know how much. Well, I guess that was like a, a sea change in a way, but like, uh, I don't think TNA ever really got that. I never got the sense that it got the big like audience that needed to really make a change. It felt, it always felt like uh, WWE like B to yeah. me. Um, That's even fair. even in its prime, yeah. it, not to say that it was doing any bad stuff. Right. It was like, I mean, it did a better job with women than yep. uh, WWE did, oh, but yeah. like, it it never really felt like. A massive game changer, and I'm no. kind of like how how quickly um, that that one time they tried to compete on a Monday night and got squashed brutally.
1: Yep. Um. I mean prior prior to them, then I would yeah. say the death of WCW, ECW, and the rise of Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because it showed how tape trading, which was a big thing before like pay per views and weekly TV, could revive a company and keep it going.
0: Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, it's such a weird thing to think on, like, uh, close to 20 years uh, down the road, because, like, I mean, we th- we were so close to having all of our dream matches. Yeah. Like, I think that was the only time that having a Monopoly could have been a good thing. Right. In the sense that, like, everyone, you know, everybody's favorite wrestlers were all in these two houses, mm-hmm. and then they fucking Brady bunched together uh, to become one house, but the house didn't have enough room, so they got rid of Jan and Martha. <laughs>
1: in this metaphor, test was Alice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it just like it didn't, it didn't work. But it, like in in the time, I was like pissed at every attempt at like integrating the WCW wrestlers into the WW. Was it E at the time still? Or yeah, it, it was E. It was yeah. E. Yeah, WD programming. But like, and then eventually adding ECW because it just wasn't working. Then, yep. but in hindsight, fascinating summer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, it was great, because most of your favorites, if you were on the, whatever you want to say, the company side that won, like, you didn't have to wait for Ric Flair to show up, um, yeah, like, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin were still the top of the world, and they sure have been, because they did the work to get there, Yeah, and WCW did its, like, booking by committee job and, like, creative control contract job to kill itself, yep. and it did, um so yeah ring of honor be- basically became like a breeding ground for folks like the briscoes mm-hmm. austin aries roderick strong aj styles daniel bryan yeah. Sami Zayn, cesaro just this like murderer's row of people who became a feeder 20 years later yep. to be like now wwe stars
0: yeah those guys are the top wwe guys now and that's why i love it wrestling i get to see you get in on the ground level yeah uh, of a lot of guys
1: and i mean at this in parallel you had places like FCW and OVW like also creating guys like Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. and Shelton Benjamin and eventually Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus who like different levels of success and fame but still products of like a farm system that eventually found its way into like NXT. Yep. And yeah. then like companies like CZW started popping up in chikara mm-hmm. and other ones. Yep. So it was like the rise of the indies because they needed yeah. a, more alternative fans wanted more alternative.
0: Yes, yeah, and uh yeah. Um, it also, like I said, with, o, um, OVW and, um, fucking NXT, like it made WWE, like, try to create their own wrestlers too. Yep. Um, and much like, uh, the W 2K uh, series of games, it takes several hours to do so. Yep. <laughs> you gotta get the hair color right, the <laughs> hair length, uh, you gotta get the t-shirts printed. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a whole to-do.
1: You gotta have a blood feud with a creative character that the game made called the Navajo. (laughs) And once you beat him, you can move on to the (laughs) Midgard. You gotta fight the same guy every week. Yep. For months on end. Who wears like off color New Day tights and a weird black glove. Yeah. That
0: is. (laughs) Wrestling as a career difficult, but very easy to get into
1: to <laughs> you do it from the 2K19 system. It's true. We, we recommend any wrestler looking to break into the system. Play the game first. Yeah, play the game. Uh,
0: that gets you ready for the game, Triple H. Uh, who dat? <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're still trying to figure out who. Yeah. Um, and someday, you, you, you know, maybe you'll wind up on a podcast sponsored by Springs in a Can.
1: Springs in a Can. Yeah. They don't taste like chocolate goldfish. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... I mean, to think about it, like,
0: anything we've brought up, no, oh, other than Punk, th- anything we, we could bring up as a moment of change is, like, within our lifetimes, at least, is a reaction to or against WWE. Yeah. Because I think the next one before that would be WCW uh, yeah. starting.
1: The formation of it in the start of the Monday Night War. Yeah. Um, yeah, because aside from that, it would have th- just been, like, piecemeal consolidation of all the territories, like, slowly but surely plays, like... Uh, the AWA going mm. out of business, we're getting absorbed. However, whatever way you would want to look at it, going out of business is probably best. Yeah. ECW transitioning from Eastern Championship Wrestling into Extreme Championship Wrestling out of necessity. Yep, um, and in in part reaction to WCW. Paulie Heyman. That's or, true. Yeah, yeah Paulie dangerously um, getting misused there and having so much fire and so much ambition to want to succeed that he made ECW. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's a. Uh... We're living in a real interesting time. Yep. I mean, nationally, but also just in wrestling. Yeah. Which is the easier one to think about without having your head explode.
1: Yeah. I mean, nationally, which extends to globally, because I don't know a ton about, like, the history of German or uh, British professional wrestling, but there wouldn't be an NXT UK without an NXT. Yeah. There wouldn't be a burgeoning, like, British system that's arguably being cannibalized by the WWE unless they had a global reach. Yeah. So... There wouldn't be an OWE without WCW and WWE.
0: Yeah, got to get on a pro- uh, progress uh, subscription at some point. Yeah, um, I think I might check t- check out DDT Universe next, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, I'm trying to do um, you know every couple months give a, a month to some you know random promotion to see what their situation is. Yep. Um, but yeah, of uh, yeah, anything you wanted to add on the topic?
1: I think the change is good. I think that monopolies just in business and in life uh, breed sameness and mediocrity Mm -hmm. and that no matter what, uh, looping back to like Ambrose on the podcast or Moxley on the podcast, he had said that if his contract came up Mm -hmm. that he would have just either made his own company himself or started his own training school to make his own company. There are people who are just bred to be different. Yep, that they just want to succeed on their own, and they will go to any lengths to be themselves, totally. and hopefully give it back to other people, right? And that's thankfully what AEW promises to be. Yeah,
0: he's lucky that uh, someone else is creating their own company before he got there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that's uh, been our segment, mania. <laughs> also, we got some time, so we should. Um, while we have, uh, I mean, we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, I don't, it's up to Pat if he, he'll post it before, um, Take Saturday. Yeah. yeah, but we are going to NXT TakeOver 25. Yeah! Uh, and Dennis just uh, showed the number 25 with his hands, but we're an audio podcast.
1: The 25th anniversary of TakeOver!
0: <laughs> Cause that's how WWE math works. <laughs> yeah, um, and where we're going, but like, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, obviously. Uh, any match in particular that you're looking forward to is, the you know, your favorite
1: favorite match of the card yeah absolutely um my girlfriend is coming with us as well your mm-hmm. girlfriend's coming mm-hmm. with you all four of us we're gonna girlfriend boyfriend it up yeah but uh for that reason i'm very excited for prince pretty tyler breeze versus velvet team yeah dream. velvet team dream is sarah my girlfriend's favorite wrestler she's never seen him wrestle yeah she's hit- she's just
0: seen a picture of him she's just seen nice. a picture
1: which like i cannot wait to see like that come alive for her and to be there for it yeah um, and i mean he's gonna have a good entrance yeah it's gonna be great. They just gonna have a good match. Like they, they, they get certain things, in NXT and WWE were so right. Of just like this is the only way this wouldn't be bulletproof is if they tried to fail. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. Yeah, if
0: someone gets injured in the first like five minutes, that right. would be like the worst case scenario.
1: But, but it, I yeah. think
0: it's gonna be that. That's my the thing I'm looking forward to the most, um, partially because Alyssa does love Velveteen Dream as well. Uh, but she has seen him live against Orange Cassidy. Uh, uh, but so good. Also, because like we haven't seen t- we haven't seen Tyler Breeze at all, right? In like months, yeah, a year maybe, right? At mo- like actually, I think the last time he did something really notable uh, was when I was just getting Alyssa into wrestling because I showed her the USO's uh, Fashion Police match. Yep, uh, that was a lot of fun.
1: It's but, funny. I was I was going to reference that match specifically because that was the night that. You watched it with myself, friend of the show, Dave Thomas, and I think mm-hmm. Ben Moser came by, too. And you were trying so hard to get us excited for a Jinder Mahal title win. <laughs> yeah. And the rest were just, like, with folded arms, like, that's going to be stupid, and we hate it. Yeah. And then he won, and I loved it, and they hated it. And you were like, I told you! <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. and I stand. I still think that it was a good run for him. Yeah. You know, not like it wasn't, like, an all-timer thing, but Mm-mm. it was a good run, and it's, like, one of... It's, like, the only instance of WWE trying something... Notably different in yep. a long time,
1: so I was, I'm a fan of it. Even if like a lot of people hate ginger, I I think he did the best job he could of Ginger Mahal with it. Yeah. I it it's one of those things where he has such a shit reputation. Just seems like kind of like an irascible person. Randy Orton was the title holder, and that's who we beat. Yeah, same dude who put over Mark Henry when the Hall of Pain was hot. Randy Orton is a good fucking lever to get people over. Yep, yeah, I know. I mean, he tried. He he did his best with Bray Wyatt. Oh god, um, but. Um. Well, giant dick snakes and rings full of bugs and haunted refrigerators and tractors. Yeah. made it so that you couldn't like Bray Wyatt. No, used to
0: be. I know, but now we got Firebug and House out of it. just That's like gonna be Two fun. years later, but um, yep. yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to the tag match, the the ladder match. Yes, like, tag match. Um, that like, uh, has what four tag teams in it, and it they're does. gonna be fucking going wild and throwing things. I don't think. Off the top of my head, I don't think uh, my girlfriend Alyssa has seen a ladder match live. She may have seen some like on TV, but I don't think she's
1: ever seen one live, and I think that's going to be a real experience. A, vel- a a velveteen dream experience, but yeah, yeah. Um, like no, the the ladder match. You got Oni Larkin and Danny Birch mm-hmm. team one. You get the Street Profits team two. You get the Undisputed Arrow, which could have Roderick Strong or Adam Cole, probably won't because they're on the card. Yeah, but then you have the Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake, Steve Cutler, and Triple H, mm-hmm. and they're gonna fight, and it's gonna be fun because there's ladders yeah. and like. E- Again, you can't really fail unless you just like fail to hit each other with ladders. It's right. gonna be so fun.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of like daredevil shit that's gonna be like fun to watch, uh, and probably gonna worry the girl, the, your girlfriend, who's not yeah. used to that kind of thing. But you know, it's it. They'll they'll walk out. Um,
1: we're, <laughs> we're a safe enough distance away. Like the most dangerous moment she and I have ever had in wrestling because we've only gone to one show together was yeah. when Chris Dickinson from Beyond um, was fighting MJF. Yeah, they spilled out of the ring. They did a dive. She didn't know what was going to happen, so I stepped in front of her, and just adorably, she went boop, Boo, yeah, like Casper the ghost wrapping around mm-hmm. something, and like took a photo of them crashing. Nice, the floor. <laughs> but we're in like really far away seats. So yeah, we're going to be watching bigger. it on a screen nine yeah, percent of the time, I guess. Probably. But
0: yeah, uh, it should be a great time. Yes, I mean that main event's going to be great, uh, fantastic. Cole. Um get to see Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong, which I I love because I. I probably brought this up on the show before, but Matt Riddle wasn't the first indie match I ever watched. That's great. Uh, the first indie match I ever saw live. It yeah. was, I think it was him versus, uh, I wish I could remember, but it was somebody in Beyond. They had a cage match. Uh, it was fun. I didn't like him at the time, but he's grown on me up. <laughs> A lot.
1: I looked at him as another guy, which felt like another guy transitioning from a sport that didn't work out, in mm-hmm. the May in this case, of just like, well, he's going to try to milk pro wrestling for what it's worth. Is he going to give back? The answer is yes. He's yeah. very good at it. it turned
0: out. Yeah. It turns out this is the perfect thing for him. Yep. So.
1: I think the sleeper match of the night, which um, if they let her bust out everything that she's capable of doing in a microcosm, is Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler. Oh, uh,
0: that's going to be fun. If
1: Io Shirai is allowed to be Io Shirai, genius of the sky, it's going to be the match of the night.
0: Yeah. I think that's. Uh, I wish they would do more women's matches on Takeovers, but yeah, that is the. Um, that's definitely one that Alyssa's definitely going to be looking forward to that one the yeah. most, uh, and hopefully, um, I was gonna say. I was gonna say like um, if Shayna's uh, bad luck against Asian opponents uh, continues, but she's also Asian, so kind of yeah doesn't matter. But yeah, um, yeah, that one should be really good, and that's. It. I think the only reason uh, that. It's kind of flying under the radar, is because Shayna spent like most of her time feuding with Kyrie Sane, right. and like stylistically, Kyrie and Eo are kind of cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that could be like a real banger, and I'm looking forward to it a lot.
1: I think it's one of those moments, kind of similar to the um, one of the best matches that Kyrie and Shayna had, is that traditionally wwe baby faces don't have friends mm-hmm. but so eo shirai is walking into this really without a friend but she just came to the aid of candice LeRae recently mm. and this is assuming she's healthy a great re-entry for dakota kai yeah so say that like Shayna and eo have a competitive head-to-head match Shayna signals for like the horsewoman to help her out candice LeRae comes down but gets overwhelmed like oh no there aren't any other friends that yeah. have and then dakota kai comes in captain <laughs> the kick starts kicking
0: yeah how long has dakota kai been out
1: Oh, oh, six eight months
0: all right yeah that might be cutting it close for yeah. her, her coming back but i think like even if there's no interference or little interference and in he does it alone like should be great yes And i'm looking forward to that i am less looking forward to the drive down because it's kind of long but yeah but it's fine i'll put on a podcast yeah be a good time um yeah mm. so this has been the wrestle down buy your springs out of a can don't buy springs from a box Springs from a box of garbage. Uh, they burn. <laughs> <laughs> they're filled with like regrets. Uh, yeah, they don't have the kind of springiness that springs from a can have, and you can tell that they're springs from a can because you open the can and the springs come out, and it's not snakes. Anyway, this has been the wrestle down. <laughs> I'm Plopple, Twitter.com, Swing dingling. This has been Dennis Bruno Sensei Danny B on Twitter. Yeah, and. Playing with a little flower thing has been Keaton the Kid Man, our mascot. He is uh, Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. Uh, we wish you good night and good bang bang.
1: That's the sound <laughs> springs make! <laughs> <laughs>